0: You're listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 24. Today, we're gonna just say no to customer avatar worksheets and I'm gonna tell you what to do instead. Welcome to The Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to today's show. Listen, I've got a confession, and we're going to get a little ranty today because I hate customer avatar worksheets. And there's this crazy myth running around out there that customer avatars are a must have to be successful. And I've got to say that myth really held me back for a long time. Early in my business, I'd run across these customer avatar sheets, worksheets in, you know, courses that I was taking trying to gain skills to be able to grow my business. And I'd panic and I just start making crap up because I felt like I could not move forward until I finished that stupid exercise. But it was like this chicken and egg thing, right? Um, because if you haven't, if you're trying to launch something new, you haven't probably worked with enough people to really know. You know what the pain points are and all that kind of stuff, and if you're trying to launch a new business plus a new offer, like you're just tr- you're just guessing, or at least I was. Um, and if you've ever taken an online course or a marketing workshop or read a book on marketing or business building, and the teacher or the author or the leader or the instructor starts telling you about how you can't get anything good. You can't get into any of the good stuff in the course or the workshop or whatever until you create a customer avatar. You know just how frustrating this is, right? It's like, okay, I want to I want to build this skill, but it's like there's this huge brick wall in front of me of I need to know who my perfect person is. And until you know who that perfect person is, you can't get to the good juicy stuff on the other side, which is where all of your money-making ideas are, right? Well, I call BS on that. Okay, so first let me break this down. So if you've never come across one of these, you're probably going, okay, what is a customer avatar? So usually it goes down something like this. The marketing teacher says something like, define your customer avatar. So who is your ideal client? Now, I'm not saying that it's not important to know who you're selling to. I do think it's important to know who you're selling to, but this idea that you have to have this perfect ideal client mapped out, it puts a lot of pressure on you. I mean, the success of the rest of whatever you've invested in, the course, the workshop, you know, whatever, the success of your business, the success of all the work you're about to put in rests on filling out this this customer avatar form correctly. And its it was enough to make me crazy. I'm sure if you've run across it, it's enough to make you just get really crazy and I don't know about you but when I'd crack open that worksheet and I'd start I'd start to get like sweaty palms my heart would start to race a bit and I'd look around the room like maybe I could cheat off someone else's paper only you know I'm in my office by myself and there's nobody else's paper to look at so I'd sit and I'd try my best to figure out who this magical perfect ideal client was that you know just was waiting for me and was ready to whip out their wallet and pay me, and I'd look at the questions on the worksheet, and they were questions like this. What age is this person? Are they male or female? What kind of podcast do they listen to? Do they have kids? What kind of movies do they like? Are they married? Do they live in the city, the suburbs, or the country? What kind of car do they drive? What kind of music do they listen to? What are their favorite movies? You know, what, what do they like to read? You know, what kind of TV shows do they like? What do they listen to for music? And on and on and on. And I'd stare at that customer avatar sheet. And I would try to figure out what I should put down. And a few times, I even ran some surveys to, um, I mean, you know, when I was starting my business, I didn't even have an email list to run a survey to. But as I got a little further in my business, I would have, you know, at least an uh, an email list that I could run a survey to. And, I, and I'd even, for some of my courses, I even ran some interviews with the express purpose of trying to figure out the answers on this customer avatar worksheet. And all I ended up with was, more confused and more overwhelmed because every single person who filled out my survey or who I talked to on the phone would give me different answers. And the truth is, I couldn't answer these questions. And honestly, I didn't really see how answering these questions would help me create a product, a program, or a service that people would want to buy. And after wasting a crazy amount of time on customer avatar sheets that really just got me confused, overwhelmed, and totally lost as to who wanted to buy from me and what they wanted to buy, I just decided to throw away the entire thing and take a totally different approach. Because customer avatars are actually a great thing when you've had tons and tons and tons of customers and sales. And you can look back at real, live, actual humans whom you've interacted with. But when you're trying to start a new business or if you've had a business and now you're trying to come up with a new offer, customer avatars can really stall your progress or they can really overwhelm you with a ton of opinions that are really confusing. Um, And, you know, I know this from my days of corporate marketing. You know, when I was at Microsoft and even before when I was um, doing, um, I, I did marketing at a dot com for a while at a startup and I did marketing in banking. And, you know, we would spend hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars on market research and we would hire some of the brightest minds in market research. And I'll tell you, even with really smart PhDs who've spent their lives studying how to do really good research, even they would still get this wrong sometimes. Even with tons of data, they would still get this wrong. Why? Because when you're doing research, when you're talking with people, they don't mean to, but people lie people tell you what they think you might want to hear. So if you t- ask somebody, you know, what do you think about this idea? Or, you know, do you struggle with this? Um, they're going to try to guess what you want to hear and they're going to tell you what you want to hear. And if you ask them just an open-ended question like, what, what what's your biggest struggle right now? They're going to tell you what they struggled with right that day, right that moment. But it might not be the thing that they are looking to purchase. And it might, by the time you're done making your offer, it might not even be in their top 10. And so people aren't malicious. Like they're not out to give you bad information. It's just, you know, human beings, by their nature don't always know what they want. Um, You know, and I go back like, um, and I don't have the quotes in front of me, but, you know, Henry Ford said, you know, before the invention of the car, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have told me a faster horse. Um, (laughs) You know, and I'm sure if we went back to the dark ages before, you know, iPhones and iPods and stuff, you know, people would have said, you know, I want, um, you know, they couldn't have even conceived of having um, a phone that could have, you know, unlimited amounts of music in their pocket. Like people just couldn't have conceived of that. So if somebody was trying to do market research on that, they wouldn't have been able to do that because they would have been asking questions and no, nobody who was responding would have been able to come up with that response. Right? And so at some point you kind of have to you kind of have to look for other indicators and you kind of have to trust your gut and your intuition. And so you know, there's some things that I do instead of trying to fill out these customer avatar forms, especially when I'm trying to launch something new or I'm working with a client that maybe is newer in business and hasn't had tons and tons of cl- of clients yet. Because, um, again, trying to figure out, you know, where people live, are they married? What kind of music they listen to? Like that doesn't, that's not going to tell you if they're going to buy from you or not. That doesn't tell you what their pains are, which is what's going to motivate them to pay attention to you and to buy. It's not going to tell you, you know, what, um, what they're, what they're up at 3 a.m., You know, on a sleepless night saying, ah, I really need to figure this out because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to make my mortgage payment or my rent payment. Those are the things that you need to understand for your business or, you know, my marriage is falling apart or I can't connect with my kids or whatever your niche is. You know, I need to figure out healthier eating or whatever. What, whatever the 3 a.m. thing is for your people, that's what you need to figure out much more than these other things that are nice to know about your audience, but they're not gonna tell you if people are gonna buy your thing straight out of the gate. So, so again, Instead, here's how to get past the overwhelm and what I did that made a giant difference and helped me make huge progress forward and creating my funnels and really creating offers that people wanted. First, I created something that's called the Funnel Persuasion Playbook. And uh, for the people that are in Build Your Funnel Bootcamp, they use this. It's really our... um, it's really our, our star, our north star, that really helps us get clear on what our funnel is trying to do because there's a really specific way to crawl into the hearts and minds of your market and figure out what they actually want to buy, what, they, what that 3 a.m. thing is that's keeping them up. And it helps you start to see patterns and opportunities. Um, and it's not about, you know, doing surveys. It's not about filling out, uh, you know, where they live and what kind of car they drive, because those don't actually matter. What you need to know is is what's keeping them up at night and what they're worried about and what they are, you know, wanting to solve in their lives. That's what the Funnel Persuasion Playbook is. So I created that. Um, and and let's talk about uh, you know and I'm I'm not going to take you through the whole thing because it's re- it would be really hard to describe on a podcast but I'm going to take you through two things that you could easily do to start gaining some insights that you could you know start building your own mini funnel persuasion playbook right And okay to get the insights you actually need for the funnel persuasion playbook you've got to see what people are actually paying attention to. Because if you've ever run a survey, so again, if you have an email list and you've sent out a survey or interviewed your audience, what you're gonna find is that you're gonna get feedback, right? People will give you feedback, but it's really hard to get a clear picture of, what do I do with this feedback? So if if you get 100 survey responses, you probably got like 50, 60, 70 different directions and ideas. It's really overwhelming and confusing to know what to do with all this feedback or it's super generic. Like uh you know, you're doing great and you're just like, okay. <laughs> and what's great about it? Like what do you like about it? So it's just really hard to know what to do. And if you've ever done an audience survey, y- you might feel lost. So luckily, you know, you don't have to do that. And if you don't have an audience to survey, that's okay. Because we've got the biggest survey engine of all at our fingertips and it's totally free. So what you can do is let Google help you figure out what people are actually searching for and paying attention to and what they're clicking on. Just try it. I mean, next time you're at your computer, type in how to and then something about you know, your niche, what you do, your industry. Like for me, I could type in how to create a marketing funnel or how to create a Facebook Live or how to start a podcast or something like that. How to do Facebook ads, how to, how to, how to, how to. And here's the key, I'm looking for paid ads. Yes, my friend, I am looking for ads on the Google, why? Because if there are ads, if if there are sponsored posts, that means that someone or lots of someones are willing to spend their hard-earned money on that keyword or key phrase, that idea. Um, and, And you know what that means? That means there is money to be made in that niche, in that idea. And you can do that same thing on Facebook, how to on Facebook, how to on YouTube, and start paying attention to the ads that pop up for you. And yes, you're gonna get ads, and that's great. I have probably 300 saved ads on Facebook right now. I have tons of saved ads on uh, YouTube. Tons and tons I love them because it helps me get clearer and clearer and clearer on who's advertising, what they're advertising, how often they're advertising, and how many um, likes and shares and all that kind of stuff so I can see what people are really interested and in paying attention to. And you can do the same thing and it is free. This is free feedback and market research that you can do right now today. Um, and, and the thing is, is that if you start seeing ads, if you start seeing, um, you know, the more, the more you see a specific keyword or a phrase or an idea area, the more you know that people are willing to spend. And that means that there are a lot of customers available. So it's probably an idea that is worth pursuing because there's money to be made. People don't spend money on keywords and phrases if there's no money to be made. So that's the first thing. Okay, so now that you've found out people who are spending their hard-earned money in this in this area, so in this how-to area, in this um, keyword, in this phrase, whatever, the second idea I have for you for, fig- for figuring out who is buying is to find the buyers. Go find the buyers. And here's what I mean. There are places where you can have a peek into where the buyers are. Places like Skillshare, Creative Live, Udemy, um, Amazon, and each of these platforms have a gazillion, roughly, <laughs> students and buyers on them who are all voting with their wallets. And the good news for you is this because you don't have to guess what people will actually spend their money on. You can go see with your own eyeballs where they've plunked down their money. So here's what I do. I search for the topic area and I look for courses that have, like I'll go to Skillshare, CreativeLive and Udemy and I'll look for courses that have a thousand or more students. I really, really love it when I find a course that has 5,000 or more students, and sometimes I've even found unicorn courses that have 10,000, 20,000, you know, or more students. That's when I know that this is uh, a course that people are really hot for, and you can see right in there, you can see uh, how many students have purchased, you can see the course outline. You can see how they've marketed the course. I mean, it's awesome. You can read the actual words that got all these students interested. How did the course creator describe the problem that they're solving? How did they talk about the ideal client? I sometimes find great insights in the course comments too, especially, you know, people will go in and they'll rate the course and then they'll ask questions of the creator. There is just an absolute wealth of information on these learning platforms and it's definitely worth your time to do a search there when you're trying to figure out a new offer or what your clients and customers may want to buy and this isn't just for paid offers either this is a great place to go searching if you're trying to come up with some new uh, lead magnets or free offers as well and you know what else the same approach will work on Amazon too. So Amazon, maybe not so much with the courses, but people are plunking down uh, money there for books and for um, you know DVDs and all sorts of stuff. So if you don't find a lot in your topic area on Udemy, Skillshare, or Creative Live, try Amazon. There is so much gold to be found out there. But I have to really caution you: be careful never to steal someone else's work. Right. You'll just use it for inspiration for your own stuff. So you can see how, they, how course creators have framed the problem. You can see how they've talked about who the ideal um, student is, or reader, or buyer. You could see how um, they've described, um, how they've solved it, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you would never just steal somebody else's words uh, or ideas. You have to put your own spin on it, but it gets you a lot further. You can see what, what people are really interested in. And to validate that the idea that you have something that people want to pay for. Because if you see that you know 20,000 people have purchased something that's in the area that you want to put something out about... So let's say that, you know, you have an offer that's all about back pain and you see, wow, you know, there's 15 courses on Udemy that are all about different ways to stretch your body or different core exercises to to combat back pain, and you are gonna fit right into that and you have this unique approach, you know that there is a market for you. So you validated that people really wanna pay for this and now it's just about you getting out there and spreading the word and telling people about your approach, right? So it's just a really good way to say, all right, there's actually a market for what I wanna do. Knowing that people have already spent money is a way better way to validate what you want to create than hoping someone may want to spend money because you've, you know, filled out a customer avatar sheet that says what kind of car they drive and podcasts they listen to and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And then all you have to do is go put your own twist on it once you really validate that. Okay. Okay. I hope if you've ever gotten stuck with a customer avatar sheet, if you've ever gotten stuck like I just, I just, I know that I have something here and I just don't know how to take that next step forward. I hope that this helped you because I know when I started doing this, it helped me tremendously. It was like I don't know. The clouds parted and the angels started singing. Up. I was like, "Ah, I can see that. I can see where to go. Like, I can finally see a clear path, and I'm not so overwhelmed with ideas and bogged down with all these things that I should be doing." Um, and you know, my angels maybe don't sound as good as your angels, but <laughs> um, but you can see how it's just a lot different approach, right? And listen, I really want to hear from you. I really want to hear what questions you have about creating marketing funnels, about where you get blocked in creating your marketing funnels. Um, So drop me an email. I'd love to hear from you, michelle at michellelevans.com or you can head on over to my Facebook page, which I'll link to in today's show notes um, at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 24 where you can drop me a message or you can tweet me at michellelevans. Um, I just want to know what your questions are about creating your own marketing funnel so that I can attack them here on the show because I would love to, you know, come up with things that are really valuable for you. And if you haven't already, I would love to invite you to jump on over and find out which marketing funnel is right for you and your business. I have created a totally free and easy quiz to help you figure that out. Head on over to today's show notes at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 24 and in less than five minutes, you will know exactly which marketing funnel is right for you and your business and I'll even give you some free video training to get it up and running quickly. All right. I look forward to seeing you next week when I have a special guest, Annalisha Alicia Lynn, on, and we are going to be talking about her marketing funnel and how she got past the um, marketing overwhelm and uh, got in and discovered what her new offer was all about. So I can't wait to see you then. All right, talk to you soon.